The Vienna Ringstrasse Tram Tour Welcome to the Ringstrasse. Vienna's Ringstrasse, the ring road that circles the city center, is one of Europe's great streets. A tram ride here gives you a pleasant introduction to Vienna's sights and history while you rub elbows with the Viennese of today. Hi, I'm Rick Steves. Thanks for joining me on this circular loop around Vienna's historic core. Vienna's trams, that is, streetcars, are sleek and modern. The system is easy to master. This hour-long tour starts and ends at the same convenient place, the centrally located Opera House. Along the way, we'll see Vienna in all its turn-of-the-century glory. There's the Grand Ring Road itself, lined with classy-looking buildings and pleasant parks. You'll see sites and museums you may want to visit later. And we'll make a stop midway through the trip to see the Danube River. This tour works great any time of day. I like it in the evening when the trams are empty and the buildings floodlit. Now, let's get started as we see the relaxed and elegant grandeur of one of Europe's greatest and most historic boulevards, the Vienna Ringstrasse. To help us along the way, I've invited a good friend and virtual travel buddy. Welcome, Lisa. Guten Tag, Herr Steves. Lisa will give us helpful directions and sightseeing tips throughout the tour. And my first tip is to be sure you get our tour updates. Just press the icon at the lower right of your device. You'll find any updates and helpful instructions unique to this tour. Things like closures, opening hours, and reservation requirements. There's also tips on how to use this audio tour and even the full printed script. Yes, so pause for just a moment right now to review our updates and special tips. It's okay, we'll wait. And then, let the tour begin. The tour begins, catching your tram. Our tour begins once you're actually on board tram number two at the Opera House stop. So start making your way to that tram stop located directly across from the Opera House. It's called Opera Ring. But before you board, take a moment for some important, in fact, crucial, information. Keep listening while you head to the Opera Ring stop, but don't get on board yet. Rick? First, the route. We'll be catching tram number two, going counterclockwise around the ring. Midway through our trip, we'll be getting off and transferring to tram line number one to complete the loop back here to the Opera House, where we started. Don't worry about the transfer. We'll talk you through it as we approach. You'll need to buy a tram ticket before you board, which you'll punch as you board. That single ticket covers the entire trip, including the transfer. Be aware that, for this audio tour, your sightseeing pace will be totally at the mercy of how fast your tram goes. Yes, trams can go fast, they go slow, and they can get stuck in traffic. So while we've made every effort to match the commentary to your real-time trip, you'll have to be flexible to keep in sync with the tram. Pausing, rewinding, fast-forwarding, or even jumping to the next track. But don't worry, we'll keep you on pace as we go, telling you when to pause the audio tour and when to restart it. Your landmarks along the way will be the tram stops. Each stop has a name. Like our first stop, Opera Ring. The name is usually found in small print atop a round sign on the platform. 
By the way, while your tram might occasionally stall in traffic between stops, an actual stop is when the door opens and people get in and out. Keep making your way to Opera Ring while Rick gives some important and equally crucial historical background. The Ringstrasse dates from the mid-1800s when Vienna was in its prime. The street was once the city wall that surrounded the town in medieval times. By 1860, Vienna was expanding beyond its walls. Emperor Franz Josef ordered the ingrown wall torn down and replaced with a broad boulevard. The new street was 190 feet wide and nearly three miles long, arcing around the city's core. Horse-drawn trams clip-clopped along. It was lined with leafy parks and Vienna's most important buildings, City Hall, Parliament, Stock Exchange, the Ritzius Cafés, the Theater, Art Museum, and the Opera House. Buildings were state-of-the-art, but decorated in styles that echoed the past. Some were neoclassical, with Greek columns and Roman arches. Neo-Gothic looked like a medieval church, and so on. Vienna's incredible transformation was overseen by three people. Emperor Franz Josef, who ruled for 68 years during Vienna's Golden Age, Mayor Karl Ludwig, and Chief Architect Otto Wagner. In a few short decades, they turned the Ringstrasse into the wonder of Europe. We're almost ready to roll. But don't actually get on board until we say so. Remember, we're catching tram number two at the Opera Ring tram stop. The stop is in the middle of the Ringstrasse, in front of the Opera House. Catch the tram that's going counterclockwise around the ring. That's to the right as you face the Opera. Against the car traffic. In direction of Friedrich Engels' plots. Okay, okay, I think they get it. Are you ready to board? I'm ready already. To synchronize this tour with the tram, you'll want to start the next track once you're on board and the tram is pulling out. On board and pulling out. Got it. So, pause the audio tour, board the tram, and restart it as soon as the tram starts moving. See you on board. Opera and Ring Tram Stop By now, you should be on board with your tram pulling out of Opera Ring. Just past the Opera House, look left down the city's main pedestrian drag, Kärntnerstrasse. This leads to St. Stephen's Cathedral with its zigzag mosaic roof. This tram tour makes a 360-degree circle around that cathedral. On the way, we'll always stay just about this same distance from the great church that marks Vienna's center. As the tram starts up, look out the right-hand side. You'll be passing a string of Vienna's finest five-star hotels. After a few blocks on the right is Hotel Imperial. It's been the choice of every visiting big shot from Queen Elizabeth to the Rolling Stones. Around the corner, just before the next stop, is a big square with an equestrian statue of Prince Charles Schwarzenberg, an Austrian military hero who fought Napoleon. In the distance, beyond the prince, at the far end of the long square, stands a fountain with a big colonnade just behind it. This is the Russian Monument. It was built in 1945 as a forced thank you to the Soviets for liberating Austria from the Nazis. Formerly a sore point, now the monument is just ignored. Our next stop is Schwarzenbergplatz. That's where we'll pick up our tour on the next track. If you're not there yet, pause the audio tour now 
and restart it at Schwarzenbergplatz as soon as the tram starts leaving. See you then. Schwarzenbergplatz. As the tram leaves the stop, look out the right hand side. Three blocks past the stop, you reach the huge Stadtpark or city park. At the beginning of the park, you'll see a gold and cream concert hall behind the trees. This is the Kur Salon, opened in 1867, where the Strauss brothers hosted many waltzes. Today, touristy Strauss concerts are held here. If the weather's nice, consider hopping off at the next stop for a stroll in the park. But we're continuing on. Our next stop is Weiberggasse. So pause the audio tour now and restart it once the tram starts leaving that stop. Weiberggasse. At the tram stop, look to the right, through the gate, into the city park. You may catch a glimpse of the gilded statue of the Waltz King, Johann Strauss Jr. He holds a violin as he did when he conducted his orchestra, whipping his fans into a three quarter time frenzy. The inviting greenery of Stadtpark honors many great Viennese musicians and composers with statues. Just kick back until we reach the next stop, Stubentor. So pause the audio tour now and restart it once we leave Stubentor. Stubentor. Look to the left as you pull out from the stop. At the end of the park, a green statue honors the popular mayor who reshaped Vienna, Dr. Karl Luger. Around 1900, Luger modernized the city's infrastructure, including turning the tram system from horsepower to electricity. But in recent years, he's fallen out of favor with the Viennese. More on that later. For now, look right again. The big red brick building is the Museum of Applied Art, which displays furniture and design through the ages. A block further on the right, the long white building was the Austrian Ministry of War. This was the Austrian Pentagon, back when the country was a major power. The equestrian statue at the entrance is Field Marshal Radetzky. He was Franz Josef's top general and was immortalized by Johann Strauss Sr.'s Radetzky March. Radetzky is pointing across the street toward the Art Nouveau Post Office Savings Bank. It's on the left, set back on a little square. Designed by Otto Wagner, it's the only secessionist building on the ring. More on Wagner later, but for now, you can pause the audio tour and restart it as you leave the next stop Julius Robb Platz. Julius Robb Platz. Warning, we'll be hopping off the tram at the next stop. For now, look to the right. Immediately past the stop, where the tram makes a sharp left turn, is a white domed building on your right. This is the Urania, Franz Josef's 1910 observatory. Behind the Urania, look to the distant horizon, visually tracing the line of the canal. You may glimpse the huge red cars of a giant Ferris wheel. The hundred year old wheel dominates Vienna's Prater Amusement Park, a fun and characteristically Viennese place. Now, get ready to hop off. Yes, prepare to get off the tram. The next stop, Schwedenplatz. You'll get off the tram there to change to tram number one. We'll see you on the platform. Tram. 
Transfer at Schwedenplatz Tram Stop. Sightsee the Danube while you wait for your next tram. Hopefully, you're off the tram at the Schwedenplatz stop. No, I forgot to get off, and now I'm pulling away. Good grief. We'll do a little sightseeing here before we continue on transferring to tram number one. By the way, tram number one is on track B, the next track over from where you got off. You could check the electronic board to see when the next tram arrives, but really, they come along every five or ten minutes, so I wouldn't worry about it. Let's take some time here. Start walking toward the river. You'll need to cross that five-lane street. Take your time. There's a crosswalk nearby. We're headed for a nice outdoor viewpoint above the restaurant and the ferry dock. So cross the multi-lane street. Once on the other side, you'll find a wooden ramp that takes you up to the viewpoint. We're headed to the Danube River, one of Europe's greatest waterways, which Vienna is famously situated on. Da 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 dum, bing bing, bing bing, da 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 dum. Ah yes, the blue Danube waltz. Keep climbing that wooden ramp until you get a view of the famed blue Danube. Which, as you'll see, is not very blue. In fact, it isn't even technically the Danube River, but a stretch called the Danube Canal, aka the Baby Danube. This is one of the many arms of the Danube River. Here in Vienna, modern engineers channeled the rest of the river into a mightier stream further away. By now, you should have a full view of the Danube Canal, the squat skyscrapers across the way. And the surrounding area. From the Black Forest in Germany all the way to the Black Sea in Romania, the Danube flows 1,770 miles through 10 countries. It's Western Europe's longest river, twice as long as the Rhine. It's also the only major river flowing west to east, making it invaluable for commercial transportation. The river was, of course, immortalized by Johann Strauss Jr.'s Blue Danube Waltz. This southern bank was once the original Roman town called Vindobona. Back then, the Danube marked the northern border of civilization itself. Venturing beyond the Danube puts you in the Germanic land of the barbarians. The Danube flows eastward through Upper Austria. It's at its romantic best, just upstream from Vienna to the west. There, it's lined with ruined castles, small towns, vineyards, and the glorious Melk Abbey. The modern boat station you see from here is where fast boats depart, heading east to Bratislava, Slovakia's capital. It's just an hour downstream. Now look to the left, way in the distance. These are the foothills of the mighty Alps, which arc from here all the way to the French Riviera, where they plunge into the Mediterranean. Those hills are also the northern tip of the Vienna Woods, the famed forest where Austrians love to hike and commune with nature. 
Another way the Viennese commune with nature is in a Heuriger. Though Heuriger is usually translated as wine tavern, to locals it's much more. They originated as casual wine tastings at vineyards in the countryside, where they served the wines made this year, or Heuriger. But nowadays, even city folk can enjoy these relaxed wine gardens in the city. They're cozy places. The German word is gemütlich. With rustic wood-beamed interiors and peaceful garden-like courtyards, where locals can enjoy fine wines, traditional food, sausages, cheeses, bread, cold cuts, and maybe an accordion playing old folk songs served by waiters in lederhosen and dirndls. Kind of like a German beer garden, but more laid-back and wine-centered. That makes sense. Heuriger are one more way the modern Viennese can stay in touch with their common Austrian heritage. Now look across the Danube Canal. If some of the buildings across the canal seem a bit drab, it's because this neighborhood was thoroughly bombed in World War II. These post-war buildings were constructed in the 1950s on the cheap. Now, in a much more prosperous era, they're being replaced by sleek, futuristic buildings. They include the OPEC headquarters, where oil ministers often meet to set prices. When you're ready to move on, turn your back to the water, retrace your steps, and start returning to the Schwedenplatz tram stop. By the way, this is called Sweden Square, Schwedenplatz. That's because they're thanking the Swedes for a good deed. After World War I, Vienna was overwhelmed with hungry orphans. The Swedes took in several thousand, raised them and fed them well, and sent them home healthy. And speaking of well-fed, isn't that a gelato place over there? It sure is. Gelato fans may want to pass a little time at the Eiselan am Schwedenplatz. It's a local favorite. Once back at Schwedenplatz, let's take a few more minutes before we get back on the tram. Grab a gelato, check the upcoming departure times for tram number one, or just take a seat on a bench and watch the world go by. Find a place to relax while I talk a little more about the development of Vienna's Ringstrasse. Remember, Emperor Franz Josef had created the road back in the 1860s by tearing down the old city wall. Many buildings along this ring road were built in a retro style called historicism. It's all neo-this and neo-that. But frankly, you can't really see many here near the canal. That's because so many buildings here were bombed in World War II and rebuilt plain and cheap in the 1950s. But we'll see lots more later, so go on. Historicism takes design elements from past Greek columns, Renaissance arches, Baroque frills, and plasters them on the facade to simulate a building from the past. We'll see plenty of textbook examples of this coming up in the last half of this audio tour. Generally, the style fits the purpose of the particular building. For example, coming up, you'll see the Parliament building. It's neoclassical to celebrate ancient Greek democracy. The neo-Gothic city hall recalls the medieval burghers who ran the city. Museums such as the Kunsthistorisches Museum and the Natural History Museum are neo-Renaissance. That's because they celebrate learning. And the neo-Baroque National Theater remembers the age when opera and theater flourished. By 1900, Vienna needed yet another makeover. It was in the midst of an incredible growth spurt. In 1850, the city had 500,000 residents. By 1900, it was 2.2 million. 
That's about 20% more than the city's current population. Vienna had become the fifth biggest city in the world. Emperor Franz Josef put the mayor to work, Dr. Karl Luger. We saw his statue earlier. Luger worked with the architect Otto Wagner, known as the father of modern Vienna. They and a staff of 60 architects rapidly transformed the city into the modern capital we see today. Hey, Rick, you promised us an update on that early 1900s mayor, Karl Luger. That's right. As popular as Luger was during his lifetime, he's recently been criticized as being anti-Semitic. Some Viennese have even demanded tearing down his statue and renaming the square. His once progressive reputation took a serious hit when, long after his death, he was praised by none other than Adolf Hitler, who lived in Vienna during Luger's time. Regardless of the politics, Luger's physical legacy lives on in the infrastructure of this great city. Imagine the dramatic changes. In the generation before Luger and Wagner, Vienna still got its water from Roman-style aqueducts, bringing fresh spring water in from the Alps. By the 20th century, the city had modern plumbing. Thomas Edison himself supervised the electrical lighting of the Habsburg Summer Palace. Shortly after that, gas lights brightened the entire Ringstrasse. The Danube was tamed, with solid banks built up for flood control. Otto Wagner constructed new buildings that broke the historicist mold. His post office building, which we saw earlier, was simpler without all the frilly decoration. Wagner belonged to the secessionist movement, named for turn-of-the-century artists who wanted to secede from traditional convention. The circular tram route you're riding today is part of Wagner's vision of Vienna. So it's Wagner's Ring? Yes, and you can do it by bike. Ah, Wagner's Ring Cycle. As Vienna grew and sprawled, it became decentralized with city centers all over the place. To tie it all together, the new Vienna needed a modern public transit system. The metro system was begun. Surviving original stops are still Art Nouveau or secessionist in design. And then, in 1898, Wagner took the existing horse-drawn tramline around the Ringstrasse and switched on the electricity. As you travel the rest of the Ringstrasse, think of how quickly modern Vienna was created under Emperor Franz Josef, Mayor Luger, and architect Wagner. It's time to board our tram, and this time it's tram number one. This time, try to grab a seat on the left side if you can. Pause the audio tour now, get on board, and restart it as soon as the tram starts pulling out of Schwedenplatz. All aboard! Tram number one, leaving Schwedenplatz. Now that you're on tram number one, keep an eye to the left, toward the old city center. After three blocks, you'll reach a gas station on the right. From there, look left, opposite the station, to catch a quick glimpse of ivy-covered walls and round Romanesque arches. This is St. Ruprecht's, the oldest church in Vienna. It was built in the 11th century on a bit of Roman ruins. There's also a low-profile, modern-looking concrete monument in the corner of the park, near the tram on the left. This commemorates the victims of the Gestapo. The headquarters of the Vienna Gestapo was located right here. By the way, if you haven't noticed by now, check out the tram you're on. Though the system is old, most of the cars are new. They're designed by Porsche. 
so-called backpack technology, puts the engines on the roofs for a lower ride and easier entry. A few quaint older cars are still clickety-clacking along. Whatever the technology, just keep cruising to our next stop, Salt Storbrooka. Pause the audio tour now and restart it once you're leaving that stop. Salztorbrücke. Since there's not much to see until the next stop, why don't we just take a break? Why don't we not? I've got some more stories about the Ringstrasse. Uh, uh, that's what I meant. Why don't we hear more history about the Ringstrasse? Dankeschön, Lisa. Bitte. Remember that the Ringstrasse marks where mighty walls once protected Vienna from external enemies. When Emperor Franz Josef realized his real threat was from within, he rid the city of its walls. The emperor had come to power as an 18-year-old in the year 1848. That was when people's revolts against autocracy were sweeping all across Europe. A nervous Franz Josef built this boulevard partly for strategic self-defense purposes. It worked for moving citizens around in good times, and it also worked for moving soldiers around in bad. He was inspired by a recent remodel of Paris— Napoleon III had discovered that wide boulevards made it impossible for revolutionaries to erect barricades to occupy the streets. With the Ringstrasse, Franz Josef's troops could move through the city at will, and as you'll see in a moment, it also moved his army closer. And as we get closer to the next stop, Schottenring, you should... Yeah, yeah, we all know the drill by now. Pause Pause the the audio audio tour tour and restart it when you leave the next stop. Schottenring. Leaving the canal after the stop, as the tram turns left, look right after two blocks. Through a gap in the buildings, you'll catch a glimpse of a huge red brick castle. This was the high-profile barracks for the emperor's army. It was built here at the command of Franz Josef to remind popular dissenters who had the real power. Coming up after the next stop is a great stretch of classic neo-style buildings from the late 19th century age of historicism. So pause the audio tour now and restart it after you leave the next stop. Bursagasse Look left from the stop at the orange and white Bursa, Vienna's stock exchange. It's Neo-Renaissance, a temple of money from the era when capitalism was invented. The next block is Austria's financial district, lined with banks and insurance companies. As you approach the next stop, get ready for two sites located right at the stop. As you arrive, look ahead and left down the long, straight stretch of the boulevard. Imagine when this road was the city's impressive wall. Also at the next stop, look to the right. The huge, frilly, neo-Gothic church just across the small park is a votive church. It was built to fulfill a vow and thanks for God's help, in this case when Emperor Franz Josef survived an assassination attempt in 1853. Enjoy the ride to the next stop, Schottentour, and restart the audio tour once you leave it. Schottentour On the right, just after the stop, is the University of Vienna, established in 1365. Sigmund Freud studied here. So did Gustav Mahler, Gregor Mendel, 
U.N. Secretary General Kurt Waldheim, and movie director Otto Preminger. On the left, immediately opposite, is a chunk of the old city wall. It's behind the Gilded Angel. And above the wall is an apartment where Beethoven lived and composed, one of 60 in Vienna. Musicians. Our next stop is Rat House. So pause the audio tour. And this time, restart it not as you leave, but as soon as you arrive. Rathausplatz and Berg Theater. At the stop on the right is the Neo-Gothic City Hall, or Rathaus. It flies both the flag of Europe and the flag of Austria. The square in front is a festive sight in the summer. There's a thriving food circus with a huge screen showing outdoor movies, operas, and concerts. In December, the City Hall becomes a huge advent calendar, with 24 windows opening one each day as Christmas approaches. On the left, immediately across the street, is the Berg Theater, Austria's national theater. Locals brag it's the leading theater in the German-speaking world. Next door is Café Landmann. This is the only café from the original Ringstrasse, and it's still one of the city's finest. As you cruise to the next stop, Stadion Gasse slash Parliament, just a heads up. We're only a few more stops from the end of our tour back at the Opera House. But for now, pause the audio tour and restart it when you leave the next stop. Stadion Gasse, Parliament. Just after the stop, look to the right. The Neo-Greek Temple of Democracy houses the Austrian Parliament. The lady with the golden helmet is Athena, goddess of wisdom. On the left, opposite the Parliament, is the imperial park called the Volksgarten, with a fine public rose garden. We've sure enjoyed a lot of great sights on the Ringstrasse. The gardens, historic buildings, the Danube. And there are some great museums coming up that I'll point out. But for now... Pause Pause the the audio audio tour. tour and restart it after leaving the next stop. Dr. Carl Renner Ring On the right, just after the stop, are twin buildings facing each other. The Natural History Museum features rocks, bones, and the history of evolution. The Kunsthistorisches Museum contains the city's greatest collection of paintings. A hefty statue of Empress Maria Theresa squats between these hefty museums. On the left, across the boulevard opposite Maria Theresa, the arched gate is the only surviving gate of the old town wall. It leads to the Hofburg, the emperor's palace. Of the five arches, the center one was used only by the emperor. Your tour is nearly finished, so consider hopping off at the next stop if you want to visit the Hofburg or the Kunsthistorisches Museum or the Natural History Museum. Sounds great, but I'm continuing on to the Opera House. Your next stop is Bergring. Pause the audio tour and restart it when you leave the Bergring stop. Bergring. Achtung, Achtung! Advanced warning, our tour ends at the next stop. Be ready to get off. On the way there, look to the left to find the appealing Berggarten. 
Formerly the private garden of the emperor, it's now a public park, home to a famous statue of Mozart. Just past the park, look to the right. A statue of the German poet Schiller marks the Academy of Fine Arts. Next to that is the Burg Kino. This cinema plays The Third Man, an English-language film with a cult following set in post-war Vienna. Hey, up on the left, there's the opera again. Quick, jump off the tram and see the rest of the city. Achtung, Achtung, you heard the man. You're back where you started, and this is the end of our tour. Once you're safely off the tram, pause pause the the audio audio tour and enjoy the elegant beauty that is Vienna. We hope you enjoyed this Ringstrasse tram tour. Thanks to Gene Openshaw, the co-author of this tour. If you're up for more sightseeing, we have other Vienna audio guides. The Vienna City Walk starts right here at the Opera House. There's also a tour of St. Stephen's Cathedral, which is just a few blocks away. Remember, this tour was excerpted from the Rick Steves Vienna Guidebook. For more details on eating, sleeping, and sightseeing in Vienna, refer to the most recent edition of that guidebook. For more free audio tours and podcasts, and for information about our guidebooks, TV shows, bus tours, and travel gear, visit our website at ricksteves.com. This tour was produced by Cedar House Audio Productions. Danke schön. Auf Wiedersehen. And goodbye for now. <laughs>